Good day, all you beautiful people. I am your host, Chris Champagne. This is Toaster Tubby Time, and I am medicated for your amusement. Good day and welcome all you beautiful people. This is issue four of Toaster Tubby Time and this is the much talked about and hotly anticipated and waited for comic book episode where I'm just basically going to talk about what I like in comics and the stuff that really got me into it. I am by no means an expert. I will be bringing a expert and I'm using air quotes under expert, my cousin Kenny, who has more comic books than I've ever seen in my lifetime. And I've seen quite a number of large comic book stores. His collection is insane, but that's for another issue. So this one, I'm going to start off with my OG introduction to comic book and superheroes. This part here does require a little backstory, but I'm going to tell you it because it's important to me and to the story. But when I was growing up, my father was not a big television person. Um, he didn't really watch a whole lot of TV shows. Um, didn't really like sitting down to watch movies, but the one movie and one movie series that he would sit there and he would watch every time. And I would watch it with him was Superman 78, Christopher Reeves, Margot Kidder. It's fantastic. And if you haven't seen it, I feel a little sad for you and you should go watch it because it will bring a lot of cheer and light to your life because it was when Superman was Superman. He was that Boy Scout superhero who is just always on the side of right. So Superman 78 really was my first introduction into comic book superheroes and I fell in love. However, I never really, really collected comic books. I will say that occasionally, if we were at the grocery store, I would get one of those Archie Digests or Archie and Jughead, Betty and Veronica, just something with a bunch of these collected digests had multiple tales of the Riverdale gang and their exploits. But, and I found Transformers comic books. Marvel published this uh, in the 80s, 90s. And a lot of it was spearheaded by Tom DeFalco and Bob Badinsky, the guys who really were working with Hasbro, creating backstories for all of these characters. So it allowed them to give a lot more life into these toys that I had collected. And it let me tell more stories based on the personalities that they were able to develop on these characters. So that was really about it for, I'd say, probably the longest time until I had found a comic book store. Thanks to my friend Mike, there was a new comic book store that had opened in my town, on his town, but it was the first time I'd ever been to a comic book store. It was fantastic. It was a guy who opened it with a bunch of long boxes of his brother's old comics. If you're unaware of what a long box is, it's roughly a 
as the name implies, long box of comic books. It's about two and a half, three feet long, holds about 250 to 300 comic books. And he had about 15, 20 of these that he had gotten from his brother, and he opened this comic book store. And in going there, I discovered a love for comic books. My first real comic book that I collected was Amazing Spider-Man. And I started to collect it right around the time that Eric Larson had his run as a writer and the penciler. Uh, Todd McFarlane had just moved on to his own Spider-Man series, which was awesome. But Spider-Man was definitely my first real comic book hero of my own. Uh, Superman was something that I shared with my dad. Spider-Man was my own. And I collected for quite a number of years. I had a collection of maybe one long box, 250 to 300. Um, a lot of it was the first year of Image Comics, and that was something that was a huge dumpster fire. It was fantastic while it lasted, but they had a lot of problems. So basically, Image was a comic book company that was started by a bunch of Marvel's superstar artists. And this was the 90s, so there were definite superstar artists of the time. Todd McFarlane, Rob Liefeld, Jim Lee, uh, Eric Larson, uh, Mark Silvestri, and a whole lot more. They felt that they, they wanted creative control over the characters that they created. Um, and Marvel was not very good with doing that, if you created something, it's usually a team effort and it's owned by the company, as is the case with almost every company. If you work for them and your job is to create and you create something, they have ownership. It's in your contract. That's what they're paying you to do. But unfortunately, without Marvel there to kind of keep on top of them, a lot of the artists had issues meeting deadlines. I remember I collected a single issue of Pitt, P-I-T-T. It was early on in the run, and I collected the whole first year of Image. So by the time that really had come out, the second issue never arrived in the year that I had been collecting them. So again, without the guidance and the, the thumb screws being put on you, by Marvel, they had a hard time, and a lot of the comics kind of floundered. Image Comics is still there. Uh, one of their biggest things that they have now, um, obviously Spawn, um, a lot of their stuff was sold and owned by DC, um, and they currently are more of an indie publisher who is most popular now, I want to say, for The Walking Dead. But I do have to say that in Image Comics came the most weirdest and the most wonderful comic book that I think I might have ever had the chance to read. Uh, it was written by Sam Keith, and it is called Max. It was a fantastic, weird comic book of superheroes, but not really superheroes. Um, PTSD, repressed memories, depression, anxiety suicide. It was a dark, but hopeful and 
beautiful story. Um, if you ever get a chance to find anything, I would certainly say check it out. It's well worth a read. His art style is something that I have never seen before. Um, and it was beautiful and weird in its own way. As you can tell by my overuse of the word weird, my Microsoft thesaurus has been super active today. But <laughs> all kidding aside, no, it was a really deep read. And a lot of probably Gen X and maybe some millennials might even remember from MTV, they had a TV show for the Max and another show called The Head. Uh, I was all bundled under MTV's oddities, but it basically captured the first several issues of the comic book and translated it directly into a cartoon. It was a fantastic cartoon as well. Uh, the art style did not change much from it, going from the comic book, which allowed you to be a little bit more detailed, to the cartoon, because it was not computer-generated at that time. It was all hand-drawn, so it took a lot longer, and it does not have all the same details, but still beautiful in its own way. But as all things happen, uh, as I started to grow a little bit older, I had less time for doing that. Um, I did find myself in need of some extra spending money from time to time, so I would sell some of my comics till eventually I had nothing left in my collection, which was fine. I went for several, many, many, many years without having them until recently. I just started re-getting back into collecting. There's a store in my state at, based in one of our malls called Collectibles and Cards. They had probably about 20 to 30 long boxes of comics. Me and my cousin Kenny just went there on a whim one time when he was coming to visit me. I said, hey, let's go to Buckland Mall. We went to the Buckland Mall. He started flirting with a girl. And then we found this Collectibles and Cards and their back area filled with all these old comics. And we just went through them. There was so much there, so much weird stuff that we picked up that a lot of stuff that I had never owned in my life, a couple things that I had owned that I was just recollecting, but most of it was just weird comic books, stuff like Lorelei and Cinder that I had never heard of in my lifetime. And lo and behold, I started getting the bug back. Um, still don't go to the stores regularly. Every once in a while I go there, uh, plan to start going for a new series coming out. And I will say, without trying to be super hurtful to DC, I was never really a big DC person. I was always a uh, uh, Make Mine Marvel, as uh, Stan Lee, the late great legend, would say, Make Mine Marvel. But this new series coming out is kind of a continuation of series that they've been doing. Uh, they're little six-issue miniseries. Uh, they started off with... Batman 66, based from the Adam West TV series. They did Wonder Woman 77, based on the Linda Carter TV series. And so, if you can imagine where they're going next, they're going to be doing a Superman 78, based on the adventures of the Christopher Reeve Superman. So, that is going to be something that is going to be in my collection, and I will treasure that forever, because it always will remind me of my dad. But I do, I love my dad, and... This is something that's definitely going to be a treasured piece of my collection. Um, so, yeah, that's where comic books have stood with me. 
Uh, again, still love them. Still can go through a lot of stuff. Collected a lot of X-Men, Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man. Um, a lot of the different series, Sleepwalker, Dark Knight. So I've gotten a lot of these old ones back and it's fantastic through uh, a lending library, I will say, of my friend. Derek, who had bequeathed upon me his collection, which is fantastic. A lot of old fun stuff that I had collected back in the days. Um, few of my favorite issues are in there. I think one of my favorites is currently Alpha Flight 106, which is the first ever mainstream comic book that featured a superhero coming out of the closet. So that is just a huge piece of history um, and the LGBTQ community. Um, if you're a comic book collector, if you're just not a comic book collector, then unfortunately it will be lost on you, but it's still fantastic. But yes, to kind of uh, tie a nice bow around this, we're going to say comic books are good. Superman is one of my all-time favorites, thanks to my father. Spider-Man is my first uh, favorite comic of my very own. And if you ever get a chance, please check out The Max. Or Max. I can't remember if it's Max or The Max. And I have a computer in front of me, but I'm recording and I don't want to stop. Again, Sam Keith, Max, one of my favorites. And if this ever gets to Sam Keith and you want to be on this podcast, or if you just want to send me a signed lithograph. I'd pay you money for it. I can never find one. And I would love to have a, a signed lithograph of Max and Julie. I would love to have you on the show more because I would love to talk to you and just pick your brain into the creation of all of this because it was fantastic. But again, check it out. And we are just about out of time. And in closing with this special comic book episode, I kind of want to close with the words of Stanley from Stan's Soapbox. And this is something that everybody should hear. To quote Stanley, let's lay it right on the line. Bigotry and racism are among the deadliest social ills plaguing this world today. But unlike a team of costume supervillains, they cannot be halted with a punch in a snot or zap from a ray gun. The only way to destroy them is to expose them, to reveal them for the insidious evils they really are. The bigot is an unreasoning hater, one who hates blindly, fanatically, indiscriminately. If his hang-up is black men, he hates all black men. If a redhead once offended him, he hates all redheads. If some foreigner beat him to a job, he's down on all foreigners. He hates people he's never seen, people he's never known, with equal intensity, with equal venom. Now, we're not trying to say it's unreasonable for one human being to bug another, but although anyone has the right to dislike another individual, it's totally irrational, patently insane to condemn an entire race to despise an entire nation, to vilify an entire religion. Sooner or later, we must learn to judge each other on our own merits. Sooner or later, if man is ever to be worthy of his destiny, we must fill our hearts with tolerance. For then, and only then, will we be truly worthy of the concept that man was created in the image of God, a God who calls us all his children. So, I will talk to you guys later. And one final stand the man Lee quote Excelsior. It's a way you walk, it's a way you talk, it's a way you shine. It's a way that day.